Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? This is the Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Maderno. He's Jihadi White. Jihadi, are you rested and refreshed after this all-star break? I am, man. I feel like I took an all-star break. I needed one mentally from this team, unfortunately, as bad as that sounds. But it was kind of nice to not watch these late games for a couple days. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, NBA, it's, it's just exciting because it's still NBA season. And I call it NBA season when... Nothing else is pretty much on SportsCenter or, you know, on first take. They got to – it's all NBA-centric. Yep. And so when it when it's that time of the year, um, I really enjoy it. Yeah, me too. Uh, before we get going, let me just knock the ad reads out, and then I want to kind of turn that directly into a, an enjoyment-related basketball question here for you. So brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Every Flavor. I can't even list them all off because there are too many. And Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf. You probably could have bet on the All Star game if you are a sicko and wanted to do that kind of thing, but it's the fastest and easiest way to get all your uh, wagers and live betting and your favorite casino and card games all in one place. You can head to the website and use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. So we mentioned that enjoyment question there. Like, was this year's all-star game enjoyable for you as if like just as a basketball fan? Did you like watching 212 to 186 or whatever it ended up being? It's probably the least most enjoyable all-star game I've ever seen in my life. The least enjoyable. So. Yeah, right. I'm with you. Um it was hard. It was it got to the point it was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the all-star game, you sit there, you're all into it, you finally get to see all the stars on one floor in the NBA, which the, which they're the guys who really fuel the NBA. That's the only reason you look at the NBA is for those, the guys that's on those two teams, mm-hmm. right? Right. That's, that's, that's everything the NBA has to offer. That's yeah. the top. They, dri- top, yeah, top they drive the league. Yeah. And that's the only time you get to see them compete all against each other. Right. And what you watched was, just bad basketball, if you can call it that. I don't, even, I don't even know if you can call it basketball. You can watch warm-ups. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, you just watch warm You know what you watch? You watched a, a, a four-year-old basketball game. Remember when the People kids, running up and down. You know, the kids, like the five, six-year-old, you know, when the kids just running up and down, no, no defense, you know, participation, you know, I mean, that's – that's pretty much what I felt like I was watching. Yeah, I can't disagree. It felt like an AAU game, like layup lines to me, if they were going to the opposite basket each time. Like, like the layup line. Played. Uh, and, and there are certain guys in particular that seem like they know they're contractually obligated to be there. Like, love watching Jokic play in the regular season. I hated watching him maybe as much as anybody in this All-Star game because he was just like, Standing there, he and Luca were doing crazy shit. I mean, everybody was. I'm not just singling them out, but like those two specifically seemed like we do not care about being here. 
at all. So it felt it felt like when when us NBA players used to have to go to the celebrity game to <laughs> entertain the kids. Yeah. Right. And so you can't take it serious. No one's trying to get hurt. Right. And you just, you know, doing silly stuff just mm-hmm. to entertain the kids. Yep. But at an all-star game, these are this is the these are are the ultimate NBA fans. You might have your favorite team during the season. You might watch favorite team might be the Jazz. Favorite team may be the Wizards. Favorite team may be the Clippers. And there's going to be a lot of games throughout the season on the team that you're not a big fan of mm-hmm. that you're not going to watch. Yeah, true. This is the chance to do it. Everybody that's watching any NBA game, they have their favorite teams, right? Mm-hmm. It's watching the All-Star game. That's just, just like all your, your your top stars are there. All of your fans are now tuned in, mm-hmm. right? And that's what you get. That's what you give them. You give them a a game, a celebrity game, where you you just kind of throwing stuff off the backboard for for like ten year old kids. The actual celebrity game was more entertaining. I mean, it's the worst it basketball was, players in the world. It was more competitive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, how, how do you fix it? How do you make these guys care about it enough? Like, do you have to make it at the end of the season? Are there stakes you can put in place? Like, like the end of the season. It's, I mean, bodies are just trying to make it. And mm-hmm. you got the playoffs. You can't. I meant like after the the finals for the teams that aren't in the finals or something. Could you do it like the like the NFL Pro Bowl or something? I would listen to that. I think it was Avery Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what? It may need to pe- take a page off the big three. No, okay, Kinda right, like that. and do three on three, to break them down in three on threes, and then mm-hmm. do a three on three type of tournament. I like that. And now you're seeing your top players play against your top players. Now it's three on three, so it's no messing around, playing around. Now it's taking it back to the essence of the of basketball, where your top mm-hmm. players are like, oh, because. And in, this is your top players on every team. Wanna after practice, they go they go one on one anyway. Yeah, sure. Right. So now we get to do it now. Now we got to do it in front of everybody. That'd be cool. It's it, I think that'd be more competitive now than even having a game. It couldn't be less competitive. So and I think you try saying, hey, yeah. You're not putting so much on your body because it's half court. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And a little then, less dynamic, less getting hurt. And the most, the most any player has to play at that three on three is three games. Mm-hmm. You know, one and you just every team get knocked out really fast. Yeah, doing right? the twenty one or something and keep right. keep so, moving. You know, maybe the ten. Yeah, right. Just just run run through it quick within an hour or two. Now that's something to watch. Yeah, I I would be welcome to any format change they want to try to throw out. Going back to East West didn't change it and. I think they're going to have to realize that they need to make changes. This was their two lowest rated all-star games ever in back-to-back years. Like this year's was the second lowest rated ever behind only last year's. So that should be a big warning flag to them that this is not a product anyone wants to watch. And I wonder when they consider those ratings, when do they take, take those ratings? Like, is it for based on beginning of the all-star game to the end of it? Cause how I think many there's people, like an averaging of of it over the course of the game. Right, because how many people actually just like like click 20, off? 
20 minutes in, I walked out of the room. It was on our TV still, but I didn't watch it. I ain't gonna lie. I walked out too. I was yeah. like, I'm not watching this. Yeah. Yeah, you just can't do it. Anthony Edwards all live in. What? What? <laughs> yeah, just don't come. I mean, honestly, like, <sighs> let the end of rotation guys play instead. The non-all-star game. And just have, like, Anthony Gill go out there and bust his ass. You know, like, I'd rather watch that. And what about the guys who first who who who's their first time being an all star? Yeah, right. They probably like look they forward deserve to it. A, a real game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're they're gonna try. Or they, some of these guys might is, never get back. Because what's gonna happen is it's gonna take away the the essence and the the, the meaning of becoming an all star. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's a title only. Just give them just to say, hey, you were an all star this year, right. and. We'll have everybody party and do the dunk contest and and that's it and move on with our day. Uh, all right. It's a good transition here, I think. Speaking to another game where very little defense of, of note was played. The Wizards lost last night in their first game back after the break. 130 to 110 to the Nuggets. That sounds bad enough scoreline wise, but watching this game, it actually kind of felt worse than that to me because the Nuggets shot unbelievably poorly from three. They were 22%. The Wizards were 45%. I mean, normally, if you shoot that much better from three than a team, you blow them out, not the other way around. So uh, imagine if the Wizards hadn't made the threes that they had. Kuzma hadn't played as well as he had. They probably would have got run off the floor, you know, by 50. Uh, it was just, that was a hard game for me to watch. Yeah, I don't think, other than Kuzma, no one had a good game. Like, Tyus was okay. I mean, he had a bunch of assists, but yeah, they were kind of like fake assists, you know. Like, then he had a terrible game. It was tough. Yeah. Cool ball Jordan, is tough. Jordan Poole was benched. You know, uh Bilal, he doing he doing what Bilal do now, you know, play defense, but you know, don't give us anything on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah. Um, um Bagley didn't really even have a good game. So yeah. you you really missed Gafford's rim protection last night for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 now it's going to show what's in these times. You're going to really show, really feel the the absence of Gafford, mm-hmm. right? You're going to feel it, and it's the first um, showing of what's to come with him missing. Yeah, yeah. You need you got to replace that somewhere in the off season. You know, I, I know they're not going to be like big spenders in free agency, but. Bagley's a nice piece, but he he doesn't do anything for you in, in a situation like that. It, that not, game, not when it comes to, to all the the real major things that big men do. Right, exactly. He's a hustle big that can get you some some points and run outs and finish yeah. around the rim, and and that's that's still great. It's a valuable piece, especially off the bench. It just keeps... he's an active hustle big body. Right, but yep. with with a big man, you got to play in the air. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not just me offensively. You got to play straight up this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, he doesn't, you gotta, doesn't do that you, at all. Like a, you got to ascend. Yeah, there's uh, no yeah. verticality with him. Nah. Uh, last night to me looked like five random guys that had never met each other getting together to play pickup. And then they're playing against the team that had been like assembled, you know, specifically to, to go out and win some tournament or some champion. Like it, it just felt very disjointed versus very connected. And you see, like, Jokic just give somebody a nod and they back cut. And there were, like, five times where, like, Koulibaly was standing there, like, hands up, like, kind of half guarding his guy and then got beat back door. And, and that's a learning experience for a rookie. Like, when you play a guy like that, 
you know, that can just kind of like with a look, tell people where to go, or they just intrinsically know where to go. Um, you know, he's not the only one that struggled, but it was the most glaring with him of just, they kind of like picked him apart. It seemed like. What I'm noticing is Koulibaly is more comfortable playing with playing, replacing Kuzma when Kuzma's out the game. Then he is comfortable playing with Kuzma. Okay. When he's playing with Kuzma, he seems out of place mm-hmm. a little more, right? Sure. Um, the absence of Jordan Poole in the starting lineup really put Koulibaly in a situation he's having really been before. Mm-hmm. He, he's always, you know, came in for Kuzma, or but um, he just he looked out of sync. Yeah, I agree. He looked out of sync. The 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 entire team looked out of sync. Rotations were completely off. Um, communication, communication seemed seemed off. We wasn't we wasn't at all. Yeah, yeah. To the telepathy of of you know the things where you feel the game with each other was just completely off. And I it's it was the first game with Poole off the bench. It, it, they will, I think they will sink a little bit more just naturally. I agree, but. That that looked like a bad project at last night at the moment that was on the floor. I, I think so. And honestly, he's for good and for bad in some ways, I think he's probably a hard guy to adjust to playing next to. So when you put him next to different people at different positions in the game, there's just there's gonna take some time to acclimate to like, okay, now we now we shift here, or this is when he gets touches. And and they talked about beforehand, uh Brian Keefe said that this was an attempt to help the group improve as a whole and said that Poole is at his best when he has the ball in his hands and is the decision maker. And that's why they were doing this is to kind of stagger him away from some of their other uh, initiators, essentially. Do you buy that? Or is that just them coming up on the excuse to like, I think it's like both true, but also like trying to help him save face at the same time. Surprisingly, I buy it because Poole hasn't really been executing with this, with the first, with the first team, because of the touches, right? You know, Denny, Denny's putting up a lot more shots. Cool's putting up a lot more shots. He's not able to find his way because he's used to creating his way from from the other half of the court, mm-hmm. right? He used to bring the ball up, which I, now I'm first guy. You know, now I'm just making decision to include anyone else. Mm-hmm. That's usually how he he plays. My, my bad. No, you good. I'm with you. And Dasan here in the chat made a good point. Says, what do you think the problem is with Poole? Four of 17 shooting, inbounding the ball to the opposite team. That one was especially bad. That was like a shacked in a fool level. Oh, the inbound. All into the punk team. That You don't see that a ton anymore. And then uh, we'll talk about his postgame comments in a minute. But he asked, does he want to be here? I think he wants to be here, but I also think he wants to be playing well. And sometimes, you know, it's. It's tough. It's tough to, you know, be in like, I don't blame him for being pissy after the game. I'd be mad if I played poorly, too. But I also would have liked to see him take a little more accountability. I mean, he's pissy because he's fallen really fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he couldn't handle when it when the team was putting his hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, his ego got out of control. Yep. And so imagine that to somebody now who's fallen fast, so fast. Now he's he's an, in a in a six man off the bench situation. Yeah. Right. On a bad team. It's one thing on a on championship a bad team. team. <laughs> but you created this scenario. Mm-hmm. And and that's the issue, right? 
accountability is just not there. You know, he's not one of those type that can actually see what he created. He's blaming everybody else still right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, and that's natural for uh, a, it, usually a basketball player, especially young, especially somebody who's confident in his talent. It's, it's natural, but I mean, he, cr- he created this scenario. Now, what the issue to me is somebody got to make up that scoring. Yeah. Kuzma can't go for 30 every night. Nope. Then he got to show up. But even if Denny shows up, now he got to score even more. Yeah. You need somebody one else out there who's just not scoring at all. Right. Right. You know, and, and the second one, you kind of still, hey, it's kind of a question mark on top of his head. We don't really understand what Bagley is yet. Remember, I told you that first month, you know, you're going to get the first month the guy gets on the team, you're going to see the most energetic he's at been. He's going to run straight bump. Yeah, exactly. He's going to do all the 50 50 balls. He's going <laughs> to dive on the floor. Now, after a couple bad games, let's see who Bagley really is. If, if he bounces back to that guy, or then he starts going back to Aiden. I mean, listen, he hasn't been starting on other teams for a reason. Mm-hmm. If he was that energetic before, he would have been playing. Yeah. Not saying that he's not that guy, but he I'm saying he's not, he may not have shown that team, the other teams that he wasn't that guy consistently. I think that's the big thing. Is it for a guy like him is consistency. You can have the couple big nights, you could do it for a stretch. And and consistency's the word with Denny here too. Like I, I think that all-star game break probably hurt him the most from a timing perspective. He was on a heater shooting the ball, comes out, he's two of twelve last night. Uh, didn't really look, I, this is not a him thing. This is a, a team wide. They just look sort of disconnected or distant disengaged in general and him defensively. It wasn't, I don't know. I, I got some grief after the last pod about, but oh, you're wrong. Denny's been better defensively this year than last year. I, I just don't know how you can think that I'm not saying he's been bad. I'm not saying he's been the problem with the team defensively. It's just, I do not think he has been as good as last season and nights like last night. Or why, and and we didn't see that as much from him last season. There are there are just certain nights where he does not look dialed in the same way. And I get it; the team situation is shitty, the context is shitty. If your highest paid player on the team is like visibly pissed off about coming off the bench, probably throws off team dynamics a little bit here too. They just don't look. And all we heard in the preseason was this group loves each other. Which the chemistry is so great. We're so tight knit. Well, now you've been punched in the mouth for three straight months. So are, are you guys that locked in together? Uh, and I think the answer is, well, now we're seeing no. And that's that's not surprising. Yeah, and I don't I agree with you. I don't think Denny looks better on defense than he did last season. But yeah. nobody does. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's Nobody a does. So yeah. I don't I think it's a, 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 a locker room culture thing that's going on with that specific team. Only person who looks good defensively right now in the entire game consistently is Koulibaly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and even 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 last night was rough for him too. Yeah, it was like you can't, he was a rookie, you know. Like but, he I mean, looked was our best defender. Yeah, I, he can, makes plays. I mean, I mean that's why he's on the floor. Yeah, because it's not for it's not for for scoring. Mm-hmm. It's all the other intangibles, all the other parts of the basketball game that people don't seem to understand that exists. But in the end of the day, he got to put the ball in the basket some more yeah. than what he's doing. You can't have two starters go for five points when they played 30 minutes and expect to beat anybody worth anything in, in any kind of game. So 
Uh, just let's get to the Jordan Poole quotes here real quick. So uh, Ava Wallace to the Washington Post, uh, she's worth the Post subscription just for, for her work um, uh, covering the Wizards. But last night she went to what she referred to as, quote, a displeased Jordan Poole uh, and asked him about uh, his move to the bench. He said, if there's any common sense with the situation, you should know how I feel about it. But I'm just going to come out, do what I can to help the team and keep it moving. I mean, if this is a way to try to get me on ball, I guess that's just what we have to do. And Poole said he feels he's proved his value in many different areas on the court, but I can't do anything but control what I can control. Uh, it seemed salty. I can, I, you know, like you don't get to that level without having some ego and, and being almost borderline irrationally confident. So he may not think he's been the problem with his own play this year to the point where I think maybe he thinks he's getting scapegoated or something. I, I don't know, but um, I would have also liked to say, Hey, you know what? It hasn't been working for me so far this year. So I'm down to try something out. If this is what they think will help. Like I would have liked the mature leader coach speak kind of thing in this situation, but uh, we didn't really get that. A lot of money. Sometimes can make you believe that the person on Shaq in the pool is actually not you. <laughs> exactly. Like that's you, dude. <laughs> like, no, that's you. Yeah. You he know, rolled the ball to the wrong team on an inbound. <laughs> like those mistakes are vital. Yeah. Like you, you can't make a mockery out of our organization, yeah. especially, especially when we have to have you out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't not play him thirty million a year. Like it has yeah. to, it has to work. That that makes a mockery of the organization. You're a, the you're a decision that we made. You're mm-hmm. a reflection a reflection of our best decision that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We decided to pay you every, we decided to pay you the most money. Like, like I, you're just, he's, he's Kwame Brown in us all again. Oh, oh, you know, and uh, I, I call him my guy, yeah, you know, sure. I won't say it like that, but. He's going to come for you if he ever hears this, by the way. <laughs> that's his move. Like, and I and I, I actually shouldn't have said it because that's my guy, but oh. it's the it's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, is, is it's it's he's making the the organization's decision look like that type of decision again. There was yeah some reporting about it being the is it the one of the worst contracts in the league right now, if not the worst contract in the league. You know it 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 is right, right now. now. Yeah. It, it may and then not how be. How you gonna give away that? How you gonna give that shit away? You can't. There's no team in the league that would take that right now with that many years left. Uh, so I'm glad. What I'm glad about is what we talked about earlier. That they let the coach. They gave him the the yeah. the, the, the wherewithal to say, "We sitting you." Yeah. Remember yeah, when the coach, different. when a new coach. Now everybody knows the new coach has that has that power, because mm-hmm. that's some wild that's some wild power right there that's that's yeah. getting shown. The highest paid player on the team is now a reserve. Yeah. No man, you can look at it as oh, it is now. Nah, that's some for a coach. That's some range to have. Yeah, that's true. Right. So now let's see what really happened. Do you think they pulled him aside beforehand, like? before this game and just said, we're trying it. Or was it in practice? You know, the days leading up to it, like, Hey, uh, Jordan, why don't you try being on the white team in practice today or a blue team, whichever one is, is the B team. But, you know, so like, after, after the all-star break, you got to have some practice. 
I would you, so. know, you know, you got to get so something I'm, to. I'm thinking that, you know, they probably started kind of trading them to the to the blue team in mm-hmm. practice for a while. Like, oh, so, you know, it's, it's not it something. Yeah. yeah. But it, it don't hit. Till this, you know, the popcorn stop popping. You're doing the, the intros. And, yeah, exactly. Then that's when it gets embarrassing. Right. So now he gets to talk to the media about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's talking about common sense. I don't know, Joy. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I think. Does it, could it work that way better? Yeah. Sure. You do score more when the ball is in your hand. Yeah, I agree. But when the ball is in your hands in the first in the first group, you make a lot of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. The guy on Shaq and the fool is actually you. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, we're gonna have to clip this for him. Unfortunately, yeah, it's I, like I, the, you're the new Javale McGee right now. This is the thing that like the the player stand community I don't think realizes too. Like we're we're talking about the way Pool is playing. Neither of us want to be saying any of these things about Jordan Poole. Like, I want Jordan Poole to be the best MFing player in the entire NBA. That's better for me as a Wizards fan. So this is not fun. It's just, it is what it is. It's been a train wreck. I hope it changes. I have every amount of confidence that that they can turn this around, at least to a manageable degree. I don't know that he'll ever become the player that maybe Golden State expected when they gave him that big contract. But can he still be a good NBA player and a productive rotation piece? Of course. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I just, think he will end up being a good NBA player. I do too. He's going to take some shit. Yeah. I think he's going to have to get out of his own way. He's going to have to kind of get out of his, he's kind of got to move his ego and his pride out the way. Yeah. Right. And the problem is, I feel like he's still not willing to grow. This should be the humble pie, the reality check for you of like, oh, okay, I, I got to get in the lab this summer and, and work on some stuff. Hey, this 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 organ this league is much bigger than you. Yep. Uh, last question I got for you here, and then we'll get into the larger uh, mailbag section of the show. But just, I don't know, uh, is Mariah Carey in the Michael Jordan dress the best Wizards related All Star moment of all time? You remember that? Yeah, what you talking about when she did sung the national anthem? Yeah, like in yeah, the MJ okay, long the court. Yeah. But, oh, right, that's the most memorable thing of of All Star Weekend, as far as like from a Wizards fan perspective. I guess John Wall winning a dunk contest is maybe better, but uh, that's like the highlight for us, you know, of the last thirty years for for All Star games. I think. Oh, the Michael Jordan dress. I'm thinking the dress. What you're saying. Yeah. Oh, the oh yeah. Is, yeah. is that the most memorable related? With, you know, wizard related moment, yeah, 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 that is, which I is think really so. sad, and, and that's crazy, but yeah, yeah drive by, by my cat. cat there for <laughs> on the on the YouTube there, um, yeah, no, yeah, it's all type of stuff happening on the show today, um, yeah, I think, yeah, sadly, sadly, <laughs> yes, and the <laughs> fact that Michael Jordan played, yeah, that that's those are the two, right? I mean, just just him being out there. And I think literally the runner-up is wall dunk contest. But the actual all-star game itself, uh, I can't remember a Wizards-related moment of any real consequence. And that's kind of crazy. Yeah, true. We'll see how it goes. All right, at this point, we'd like to to bring on Laura Shaughnessy. Laura is one of the interns this uh, summer, this semester, uh, for Believe in Wizards. So she's been doing a great job so far. Most of the social media posts you've seen that are good are from her. Uh, We have a TikTok now, so... 
kudos to Laura for doing that. And uh, we just want to have her kind of do the listener mailbag with us here. So uh, let's bring on Laura. Hey, hey Laura, how are you? Good. Laura, what's up? What's going on? Uh, why don't you uh, tell listeners here just a little bit about yourself, you know, what the career aspirations are, school, all that kind of stuff, and uh, give them a little intro. Yeah, well, first off, I thought I was going to have Jonas with me, so the pressure's on a little bit here. Yeah, I'm putting you on the, the hot seat here right away. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I'm a I'm originally from a suburb of Philly, um, Delaware County, shout out Delco. Um, but I'm a junior here at the University of Maryland. I'm a double major in criminology and germ- journalism pursuing a career in broadcast journalism. So, and obviously interning for you guys and it's been a great learning experience. So I'm excited to be on. Awesome. Well, well Laura, we're glad to have you and we're glad the work you're doing. We see it. Oh, we see it. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, folks, uh, go follow us on, on, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok now. I still don't know how to work a TikTok, but uh, Laura's doing a great job with it. Social media platforms now, baby. We're killing it. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we're just going to run through these mailbag questions pretty quick. We got a bunch of them. So thank you to everybody who submitted them. Uh, Laura's going to throw them out. Some of these are jihadi specific, so I won't even weigh in on those. Uh, I don't think anyone wants my uh, opinion on what it's like in the NBA locker room. So we'll we'll let the the pro talk about those. But uh, yeah, Laura, just just dive in here with uh, whichever one you got listed first. All right, guys. So I have Greg Finberg asked, what constitutes a successful final 30 games for the Wizards? John, you want to go first? What are we now? What's our, what's our record right now? The Wizards are 9 and 46 at this moment, which is wild to see from say out loud. <laughs> at least finishing the season with 15. 20 wins. The 20, you think that's doable? <laughs> I'm skeptical of that. We gotta we gotta have you gotta have a goal to a goal big enough to where you feel like you made some changes mm-hmm. to where things are now looking up, right? When we have to have a winning streak, and that's gonna really create more it's just more belief. Mm-hmm. More belief. Something that's okay. Now we we have something that we ended on a good note that we can begin next year. So, yeah, I think you set the bar high. I think you set the bar at 20. I like that. You know, and and if you land if you land on the moon, you're all right. Yeah, yeah I, I just want to see development from the young guys. We want to see Koulibaly score a little bit more, keep being involved on defense. I want to see Denny closer to the guy we saw in that uh, Pelicans game than who we saw last night, that sort of thing. See Poole figure it out a little bit. Just... Just start to move the needle in the right direction for next season. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one comes from Sean. Sean asked, what has been a high and low as a Wizards fan over the years? Over the years. Ooh. Uh, that's what? The low has to be the gun in the locker room, I would think, uh, as a fan. I mean, that's 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 pretty tough. Um, I guess I guess the high depends on how far you go back. That's true. That's a good point. You know, um, I think the high was the last that even when the gun is in the locker room with that with that that same close to that same group, mm-hmm. they made the playoffs. Yeah. You know, that that group that made the playoffs before that, it was Michael Jordan playing on the Wizards. You know, yeah. I think that's that's just a big high. I mean, that's that's a big high in itself, just off of you know, all of the the, the fans that came out there. It was it was it brought the Wizards back to a common name again. Mm-hmm. That uh, 
John Wall, Bradley Beal run in 2017, the, the Celtics series in the second round is honestly both probably a high and a low. Them, them losing that game is still kind of a gut punch, but yeah. basically everything from the last 25 years, except for maybe five seasons, is a low. And, and that says a lot about just where we've been. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Collectin and Connectin asks, not dealing ties at the trade deadline. Do you expect a long-term deal gets done with him before the end of the year? That's a tough one. I, Me, personally, I would hope it would be. Mm-hmm. I like what Ty have been, has given us this year. Um, consistency scoring. Consistent, consistency with assists, believe it or not. I didn't expect the scoring I got. Yeah. I I expected this assist. What I didn't expect for him not to have so many turnovers. Right. Yeah, he's, he been was, great. he's been a very solid point guard for us this year. Mm-hmm. Um I don't I I would like to keep him. I don't know for a starting point guard, but for a point guard to still get s- some high vital minutes with us because when all things fail, we can put it in his hands and he can control it. He can control the, the volume. He can turn down the volume a little bit to get us back in order, right? So um, I like Ty because he's a solid point guard and he's above average score. Mm-hmm. And the field goal percentage is crazy. Yeah, it's been great for a little guy too. Yeah. Uh, the floater game is elite. Uh, a couple stats for you here just – just to back up what you're saying there, he's recorded a double double in three straight games. Uh, he's now dished out eight double figures, uh, double figure assists in eight total games this season, including three straight games for the first time in his career. He scored in double figures 41 times this season, including seven straight. He's dished out five plus assists in 40 total games this season. Uh, he did it in 18 straight. Has now dished out at least eight plus assists in 12 of his last 16, and has led the team in assists 34 times this season. So. Uh, he's had 30, 339 assists compared to 44 turnovers over the last 46 games. And he's knocked down at least three, uh, three plus field, uh, three point field goals in five of his last six outings. So just incredible consistency from a team that hasn't had any consistency. I think they'll get a deal done. Otherwise you look really bad for not moving him for anything at deadline. And I think they'll want to save face. Yeah, true. true. I think at this point, unless you get something back, that's that's equal or two things two you know something that we can grow with majorly mm. it, it's just no reason to get rid of yeah i'm with you all right next question um jay fowler 11 asks do you see the weather shutting either pool or kuzma down with an injury for the last 20 games of the season I don't see the Wizards shutting them down. I see, I see Kuzma, you know, him being a vet and him playing as many years as he played in the league and understanding his body knows that, hey, I got to, we're not playing for anything right now. I got to, I got to prepare myself for next year. You know, no matter what, anybody who's playing over 25 minutes on that bench has some issues, some Mm -hmm. injuries. They're hurting. Something's hurting, right? So what you try not to do is, is make that worse or, or, or risk something. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Kuzma, the smart thing to, to me would be to shut it down. 
I think with like seven games left is probably a more realistic number. Like yeah, that's sort of, yeah, that that's, there's too much year left to, to get some stuff done. But the last couple, you just lock in your draft, st- you know, status and, and you don't win any games unnecessarily at the end. And, and you just kind of take it out of those players' hands. And if, and if I know I'm shutting it down at the seven, at the seven game to, to the end of the season, I'm going for 30 every night. Yeah. Going to heater and talk. I'm going for 30 baby every night. And and then and, and at least now it gives me, you know, I say, okay, I can shut it down. Mm-hmm. I gave my team everything I had. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next question. Uh, this one's for Jihadi. So Hands11 asked, did Jihadi know Denny was this good and his thoughts on how to get Kuz to start giving the key to Denny? No, I, no. Hell no, I didn't know Denny was this good. I did not know. I don't Denny, know that Denny knew. Yeah. Denny, Denny is very good. And Denny's still just, and Denny's still filling it out. What Denny knows, he's good. And he, now he's saying, okay, let me search the next thing out. Now he's searching his journey out, hmm. right? What more can I add? What more can I do? What more can I, it's, he's now getting the confidence to jump out the play. You know, you know, most people scared of skydiving, right? It's something you just, ah, I'll never do that. Well, now he's at that point where he's like, let me jump off the plane. Let me really do this. Now let me figure out how I can turn a flip in the air. Mm-hmm. It is a unique, you know, unique example of what I'm using, but that's pretty much how basketball feels when you get to that point. What I'm watching Denny, Denny could be a guaranteed all-star next year. Huh? If okay. he wants to, right? If he can really feel the game out. But at the same time, with the second question is, he got to know who he is. He's starting to feel who he is, starting to get the confidence, starting to be more vocal. But he has to demand the ball. Then he has to start bringing the ball up himself. Yeah. He's starting to get it off the rim and go, right? That's what you want to see, yeah. Right? But he has to now get twice as many touches as he's getting this this season. Mm-hmm. Maybe not shoot all of them, but he's going to have to sh- put up the shots of an all-star. His field goal percentage is good to where if he can stay consistent with the field goal percentage, it, it takes less shots. But then he could be a 30-a-night easy guy if he wanted to. You could mm-hmm. put Denny on another team. He can be the star of another team. He's shot well this year, especially for him. And and he's, you know, still got room to grow. Like, it's not like he's been elite shooting the ball. So if, if he can keep improving, there's definitely another gear there. I, you know, I don't know that we'll see the 43.15 rebound nights pretty consistently, but can he be that 20 point per game guy we had for the couple games preceding that? I definitely think so. I think he started the year really well. There was kind of a lull for a little bit. And then he picked it really back up here right before the deadline. I'm not worried about the Denver game. That just looked like a mess from start to finish. And he didn't make shots that he'd made the whole month before. So um, I know that was a jihadi question, but I, I just kind of had to to chime in on that. No, I mean, I agree with you. But if, like I said, if we if we have a better season next year, an impactful season, over 500 season, by, by, this, by this time next year, Denny could be an all-star. Only reason Denny is not, becoming a household name right now is because of the Wizards are doing. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, I agree. Just be consistent too, though. Like that's okay. You've, you've adjusted, they've accounted for you. Like keep, keep making those adjustments and I don't know, keep getting better. All right. Next question. Um, Riley asked, what do you want to see out of Bilal these last few games? I want to see the confidence I saw at the beginning of the season. Mm. The, 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 the guy who, the, the willful ignorance, you know, in a sense, you know, when you start understanding things, you start being scared of mm-hmm. this beginning of the season. He didn't understand anything. He was just going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of the little bit uncontrolled, you know, out of uncontrolled, but, but confident in what he knew he could do as a basketball player. And, and just the mindset of, I have to prove everything now he's not so much trying to prove everything as he's trying not to make any mistakes and i'm watching a guy out there just trying to do everything perfectly and so correct that he's losing a lot of impact that he gave us at the beginning of the year to get him to the point where he is now Mm -hmm. he's at the point he is now because we understood the quick impact he made the quick decisions he made the um in in high pressure situations how poised he he's he is right that, so he looked like i called him i used to call him the rookie vet i want that guy back yep. right that and uh, to me i just call the will for ignorance I, I will always remember the draft night for denny i got to ask him a question and i said something about like what's the biggest adjustment in, in terms of like players overseas to hear and and he said something about like the bigs and and how different different they are or whatever and i was like oh yeah i'm a aren't, aren't too many joel Embiid's in in uh the euro league or whatever and he was like oh i'm not i'm not worried about playing against joel Embiid. there's like 30 guys that level over in europe i was like uh okay this is kind of irrationally confident i like that like that's i think what bilal came in with too of just like you said you don't know what you don't know so you just go out and you hoop and you play the game the right way i, I just just want to see him stop overthinking it. That's what I see is the like the gears grinding every time he touches the ball. Just to turn off the brain and and just, you know, let instinct kicked in. You, you know how to play the game. You're an NBA player. You know how to play the game. You got here. You're here for a reason. Uh, Wizards Muse asked long term outlook for Corey Kisper and Denny. Corey, outlook wise, I think we need. I think he should get more. He should get more. If Pool is on a, if Pool is is being benched first, first uh, being benched and coming off as a six man, mm-hmm. Corey needs to get more time. I think Corey needs to get more time, and Corey needs to be just as impactful as Pool is for that in that second group. Like he needs to put up way more shots than he's putting up. He needs to become a much better defender than he's coming becoming. He just need, and I think he's our most active player on the second unit, mm-hmm. which means he has to do more because he's had the capabilities of doing much more, being you know being more active and the other than just putting up certain shots. So I'm more of a Corey fan than most people are. I like Corey's game. A lot. Um, 
I just feel like he's only given us just enough. And I feel like he can give us a lot more. And then he can really make that second unit a, a, a big impact. And if I'm him, I'm like, uh-oh, Jordan on the second unit, which means he ain't throw up everything. I got to get mine. Crazy. Let me go crazy. I'm not, or, or I'm not agreeing even score what I'm scoring now. Johnny, have you ever, I mean, this is something I noticed. Sometimes when guys add something new to their game, they kind of overgo to it sometimes. Like, oh, I've got this new wrinkle. Let me keep showing you I can do it. For me, Corey's like almost overdriving now or almost attacking closeouts. There were a couple times like he just sort of went to the rim last night with didn't seem like he had a plan and he's finished really well around the basket, but. I feel like he got swatted like five times last night because it was just sort of like I I drove, but I didn't really have the, anything in mind with what I was going to do here. Am I going to shoot it? Am I going to float it? Am I going to drive all the way to the rim? Uh, you're a three-point shooter. That is the key skill that you bring to a team that needs your shooting. Hoist 10 threes a game. That's what I want to see from the dude is like an elite volume three-point shooter. And if you can do all the other stuff, great. But you can go to the well one too many times, I think. True. I think, I think when you add something to your game, to perfect it, you got to do it over and over and over yeah, again. So good... you do have to do it a lot. Now is kind of the time for him to do it, believe it. You know, yeah, it's actually not. But you also got to know when this ain't working. Right. Like, all right, this is not working. I got another game I could still try to perfect this. You know, mm. it's just, you know, when it's like a new, it's like a uh, when you first try oysters, you're like, oh, I'm going to get oysters every day. You know what I'm saying? And the while you eat a bad one, you'll be like, ah, all right, let me take my time with the oysters again. Like, I'm, I'm used right. to it. So right now, when you're trying to expand your game, that's the main thing. I got to expand my game. I got to grow because for me to stay at this job and for me to grow in this league, I have to grow as a player. You know, I have to add more to my bag. Only way I can perfect things in my in new things in my bag. It's like a new tool in your toolbox. Right. Only way I can learn how to really use this tool, I got to use it a lot. I already know how to use a hammer and a wrench. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So I, I get it. I get it. But um, you also got to know, look, this ain't the tool for this job tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good Uh Ceiling wise for him, to me, it's like a 15 point per game score that plays decent enough defense and just shoots 40 plus percent from three and on a good team. I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying what he could do for the Wizards. I think he could score much, much more for a team like us. But on a you good team, 50 points per game, 15, oh. one five. Sorry. <laughs> yes, 50. Uh, yes, I think he could be Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, uh, but no, it, I, I think he's a, a good like sixth man shooter on a playoff team. That's where I see him. I agree with that. And that'd be good to get, if we can get a consistent 15, that'd be perfect. Yeah. That I think what you just said with him is the biggest thing. You can't have these nights where 25, one night and six, the next night, he does that shit way too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then ceiling for Denny. I think you said it all-star. I mean, I think to me, he's like just that maybe tier below kind of guy, but, could he make one, you know, if the Wizards were good enough and he has a particularly good year and stuff like that? I don't see why not. I think that's the ceiling for sure. He's an all-star level player. Uh, Mike, I'm going to botch this, McDowell, um, lovingly says, does Jihadi still see Bilal as a young Chris Paul? <laughs> uh, Mike, 
yes, he could be eventually, but this year I have noticed his um he had to step up those guard skills. I think at the beginning of the year, the skills that I saw, and then when I saw him over in France, mm-hmm. those skills were um were were a little bit better. Now he's the overthinking is really affecting a lot that he's doing. The overthinking is really affecting his growth, his expansion, him being able to try new things as like he said he was going to do the second half of the season, really work on his guard skills. Mm-hmm. Right. I think he can if it's he can work on his guard skills if it's situational. He needs to do a lot of situational things outside of the game in practice in this summer that can really step up his guard skills. But Chris Paul may have been a big reach. <laughs> I admit, Chris Paul may have been a big reach, but I think he can still be a much better guard than he is now. He can grow to be that. He's a rookie. He's young. And he's very and he's very poised. So And I, he's all about growth. He, he's a rookie that starts on the NBA team. And, and this is a guy That's that nobody – not a top draft. Nobody thought he would be in last year's draft class at the beginning of last year. This is a dude that made a quick jump, so he's always going to be a lo- kind of a longer term project here. So I think we just it's probably year three before we see what kind of player he can really be. Um, the next questions I think I'm going to do, we can do a rapid fire for Jihadi. Um, this comes from Kappa Java. Watch that again. Um, best. And worst visitors locker room. Best visitor locker room is Dallas Mavericks. Reason being, they the whole point is to make you as a visitor want to know what it is like to be as a player on the mm-hmm. Mavericks. Right? Like it's, he 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 plays the biggest mind game in in the world. Like it just just it's crazy. So, in the it's not that the locker room looks great. Is that after the locker room, you get like four, five star dining meals as the, the leave and go, and you might have the best barbecue you ever had. And so, if that's how it is for the visit, and you don't get it anywhere else, now I think they're starting to do it a lot more because, but Mike, Mark Cuban started it, mm-hmm. right? And so, now you wonder, well, damn, for the visit, if this was that great, what's the home team like? What's the home team dealing with over there? <laughs> it makes you want to sneak Smart. over in their locker room. Yeah. So the Mavs, they set it out, and they 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 play the game. They play the game to the point to where if you have an opportunity to go to the Mavs, or it's a it's a, a you know some negotiations where it's two teams. You think right there, you like ah, Mavs is a state of the top of the line organization. It gets no better. And that kind of helps to helps to win that over. So yeah, the math for sure. Worst locker room. Now, worst locker room then. Hmm. Was it New Orleans back for you? I mean, that was we probably in New Orleans back then. Oh, okay. Imagine See what I'm saying? That. So I'm yeah. trying to think then. Then it was my f- Earlier years it was it was Houston hmm. when they played in that old dome that old the old it was it was Houston and it was Detroit Detroit got a bad locker room 
for visits. You, right? yeah. you just want to get out of there. Uh, all right. Next is best and worst court. Best court, probably Staples Center. Worst court is uh, TD. TD oh. Garden, Boston. That hurts as a Boston fan. That hurts. <laughs> well, it's just, it's that they they try to duplicate that cork old school court. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's really bad is because they, they, the, the, they purposely make it super cold as hell. Yeah. I mean, I like it's, per- it's ridiculously cold. So now it's cold. The court is kind of almost sweating and bleeding. And the ice is on there. People wiping up water on the court. And they're doing all this shit on purpose. Like, just so you can be uncomfortable and never get really ready for the game. You can't really get loose. So that's just the worst. It's the worst basketball environment to try to get, start playing the game from the beginning. It's, you can't warm up. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's the damn worst. I hate that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, best, and I mean, this kind of goes hand in hand, but best and worst place to play and best and worst fans. Worst place to play. Best and worst place to play? Best place to play was the old Arco Arena in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it felt like a college game. Mm-hmm. It take you back to the essence of a small, you know, the fans are right on you. It's a little older. And so the feel, it didn't feel so big. It didn't feel so showtime It felt like, like, you know, when you go when you go back, like, like pickup. So the really, it just felt like basketball. It felt like the basketball had a pillow and a blanket and a comfort, you know, it's the most comfortable feeling you can have playing basketball. It's something because you can go back. So nostalgic. Sure. Um, worst place to play. You said the worst place to play. Mm-hmm. Boston again. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, Jihadi. You're killing it's me. Cold. The elements are just re- oh, you know, it's Denver. Altitude. 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 So the air is so thin that if you know I I usually run out of gas around, you know, third quarter, I can get a break or get my second win, whatever. Instantly. Up and down the court two times, you literally can't breathe. Hmm. Like you hyperventilate. It's that the air is so thin you can't gain oxygen. So you would hate to go to Denver because you know the day before we got to get there early because we're gonna have to have a full practice the day before, and they're gonna run the shit out you, right? And what they're doing is just trying to get your lungs used yeah. to the thin air and the altitude because in the next game, Denver is an automatic advantage. If you play there, you have an automatic advantage because however, how much you're in shape as an ultimate athlete, pro athlete, you need to be that and a half just for that one game. Is Utah kind of like that too? I think they're a little. Utah is, but it's nowhere near Denver. Like Utah, you can, you can get over Utah, but Denver is, I mean, it's, it's clearly noticeable. And then you going to Denver, flying to Denver, you're thinking about, damn, the altitude. So now it's a mind game. Right. Right. You're like, I don't know, the altitude, I got to perform. 
And so now the entire time you're playing, you're not only thinking about basketball, you're thinking about the altitude. Makes sense. Um, and then best and worst fans. Best fans. And in the chat, Saturday asked, what was it like playing in Philly and NYC? The fans are intense. So just like tie those two together too. Are, are they? All right. So not people bad. say that Philly fans can be crazy. Mm-hmm. Philly fans are off the chain. Philly fan, it's, Philly's like playing in a, uh, like the gladiator with maximum, like, you know, <laughs> like, they, ah, like you're just, you know, they crazy. Like there's another, it's some other type of people. Right? And, uh, you know, it's different for Philly. It's going back into something with the AD at the end of the, of the, of the year. Yeah. But, um, Philly fan, but New York fans are not that bad. Actually, they're actually fun to play. Madison Square Garden is probably the most one of the most fun places to play because the New York fans are fun. They talk trash, but it's not effective enough for you to get mad at. It's just a fun environment, you know. And I've been I've been in Madison Square since college, so mm-hmm. you know I think Madison Square is not one of those those places to where the stigma. Because the stigma don't match it either. You're like, oh, it's Madison Square. All this the stigma of getting nervous because then you walk in there it's like, oh, it's homey as hell. It's homey here. Yeah. Spike Lee on the front row is fun <laughs> and warm. You know, it's it's another warm place to play. Believe it or not, for a visit. Okay. Uh, and then for players you've played with, who was the best and worst under pressure? Best under pressure, definitely Michael Jordan. It's a pretty pretty safe answer. I think Michael too. Jordan. <laughs> um, second second to me would be Rod, Rod Strickland, yeah, yeah. because cool. just pressure didn't matter, right? You can those guys you can just trust to make it happen. Worst under pressure. I got some names, but I'm gonna leave them. I'm gonna I'm gonna let that go. That's probably for the best. Yeah, <laughs> probably the best. I don't say it. <laughs> um, players you've played with, who? Um, oh gosh, who's the most cerebral? Mm, that's a really good one. It's like a Vanterpool or somebody up there. Guy like him. Now, because you got to you think about the most most cerebral. I think it was Chris Whitney, believe it or not. Okay. He never got shook. Be no matter the time in the game, he can bring you in, have the same even kill. The guy who always believed, make you believe we still can get we can get somewhere in this, you know, mm-hmm. no matter how bad the situation was. It was you can be down and, and he's just always even kill. So I think Chris Whitney was really and people don't really understand that. And that's why when you got all these stars in the locker room and the coach always say, well, put the, put a name in a hat of a, of the, who you want the team captain to be. Right. Everybody would always put his name in it. Makes sense. I love Whitney. Yeah. Um, and then for players you've played with, who didn't give a F? Who didn't give a F? 
Christian Leitner. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Sometimes you don't need – sometimes you play better when you don't give a F. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, certain players need to not give a F. If Christian Leighton did – and, and it, it made sense that he didn't because he took all the scrutiny from college and everybody didn't like him. And, you know, so he learned to – for me to navigate through this, I got to not care. Coach – if coach say something wrong to me that I don't like, I'm say what I want back. Mm-hmm. You know, coach, one time coach cut him out. He just looked at him and said, fuck you. <laughs> we like, what? <laughs> and he went out there and played. Was that to Doug? Doug Collins? Yeah. 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 Like that. So, you know, you know, Mike Jordan didn't like it. Jordan got up and got on him. You know oh, what right. I'm saying? Yeah. But he said, you better not ever say that again. If I hear you say that again, you out of here. But that's how he felt. That's how he played. It wasn't no big deal. That's cool. Um, and then for both Matt and Jihadi, over the last 20 years, how has coaching changed? Uh, like in terms of schematic stuff, I, I think I don't know, the way teams run, uh, like their offenses and things like that is is largely different. I mean, basketball as a style has changed so the coaches have had to adapt to that i think what i've heard from players and jihad tell me if you think differently here is is teams are almost running all the same things but it's guys the teams that are most successful from a coaching perspective are the ones that hide it the best and disguise it the best and that's the thing you always hear about miami is they'll run like three false actions before they get to the thing they want to do and it's late in the shot clock and, and teams are like kind of surprised and, and not prepared for what they're going to throw at them. And same thing with defense. They'll throw different wrinkles at you and try a bunch of different stuff. And hear that about Nick Nurse, you know, in that, that last Raptors championship year, like they were willing to throw the kitchen sink at you. So I, I think that's a big piece of it now. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I think uh, just basketball has changed just in general from now it's to all three points, more three pointers than anything. That's mm-hmm. how coaching changed. Like. Back then, you'd put up up. You put all those threes up. You'd be on the bench, right? Field goal percentages are higher than they used to be now because of the schematics of how they're running things, and like they're looking for the best shot instead mm-hmm. of a lot of shots, right? I think that changed a lot too, but it also changed for the probably the biggest way is that more players are now in control of the league than the coaches are. Mm-hmm. So it used to be the order used to be, you know, the upstairs, the GMs, the presidents, then the coaches, then the players. That's how the tier used to go. Now it's the upstairs, the players, and then the coaches are on the last tier. So the coaches are more on thin ice than anything. Right. And so from a coach's perspective now, you know. you have to cater more to the players than the system. And so that's a lot of, that's where things change a lot too. And you can see it. You can see it. That's why, look at Milwaukee. They only what, the the fourth coach? That's because of the player. Sure. Uh, on the three-point shooting thing, I just saw this Sports Center tweet, and anybody that follows like lower-level basketball, this team comes up every couple years. But Grinnell College, they take a shit ton of threes every year. 
I guess they most recently played a game where they took 111 three-point shot attempts as a team and zero two-point field goals for the entire game. Uh, as somebody who just likes to run three-point line to three-point line, personally, I would love a situation like that, but uh, that's that's kind of like uh, and are disrespectful to the game almost at, at that level. It is. Imagine how many players don't want to go to that, that school. Imagine having to be a center. Then right. does that happen? But that's but that's why they do it. It's a bunch of like six foot dudes and they just heave up threes from everywhere. Yeah. Uh Laura, maybe just to keep us moving here, um, why don't we drop down to the almighty low uh questions? Right. Um, yeah, we're skipping the pumpkin or apple pie question, Matt. <laughs> yeah, just just for now. We'll get to that one some other time. <laughs> Um, yeah, Almighty Low asked, who are your top five picks in the draft for the Wizards to add to our roster? Uh, Alex Sar, uh, one of the French kids, Zachary Rissache, one of the French kids, uh, TJ Saloon, one of the French kids. I think there's a theme here is that there's some really good French players in this class. Uh, Nikola Topic, a Serbian player. Also playing really good overseas, a little bit banged up right now. That's probably another good one. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of guys like that, I think. And and this is a year I, I might do what we did with Beal Island and look overseas again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this draft pool this year for NCAA, man, it just doesn't look very well. So it's not a lot. It's just it's no, no, not those big names and those those exciting guys that you usually get every year, mm. right? So it's not a really good draft class this year to me for the NCAA and to a lot of people. So this will be a year you you a lot of teams are going to look overseas. The one guy I really like uh, here in the U.S. is the freshman uh, guard slash wing, I guess, for UConn, Steph Castle. I don't know, Jihad, if you ever saw that kid on the AAU circuit or anything, but I'm uh, really a big fan of his game. Yeah, he got a good game. Uh, and then, do you think Kuzma may be a draft day trade? I don't think draft day. I, I do think there is a world where they explore stuff for him prior to next season, especially as other teams like kind of look where they are post-free agency and things like that, and they'll really see what their roster turns into. Like, he's a guy I think could could probably move after the fact, but there aren't like a ton of big draft day trades. That doesn't mean that it can't happen, but I think he's like a uh, last week of September. Our team isn't coming together in training camp kind of, you know, guy to trade. I mean, they say he's not, but Kuzma is that type of player. That's really good, but not dynamic enough to not always be on the trading block. Mm-hmm. He's going to always be there. You know, it depends on what can you get for him? And if his game starts dwindling, um, but no, nah, I don't think it's a draft day trade at all. You're gonna try to work with him first, but he's not dynamic enough to where you like, ah, oh, nah, this this guy's never going anywhere. Yep. He's not the the Giannis's, the Lebrons, the untouchable. The kind of guy. He's not on that level. Yep. Yeah. Um, how likely is it that Tyus joins us again next season? We kind of already went over, pretty yeah. much went over that, and you know my my view on that is I would I would like to have him back. Same. 
what are Denny and Bilal's most highlighted areas of necessary development for next season? Um, I think we talked about a lot of those things already too, to be honest. So uh, ball handling would be good for both of them. Shooting would be good for both of them. Just keep refining the skill set. Bilal, if he, he could be a big weapon on a perimeter, he's the type of person who can gain a lot with slash when you get into the rim, right? Because the more effective he is on the perimeter, the more he can get to the rim, I think, just confidence-wise. And, and Bilal, it definitely ball handling. I mean, ball handling has to be one of the major things. Not just ball handling, um, situational ball handling, being able to handle a press, being able to handle mm -hmm. full-court defense, being able to handle both of those things, as well as still seeing the floor. Right, being able to be uh, a great facilitator. Agreed. Um, a different perspective asked Matt, what are you leaning towards drafting a big or another guard? I know we touched on the draft stuff, but a big guard is that a cop out answer? I don't know. C combine the two. Uh, really good answer. We do need a big guard. The the the, the Tyus Pool backcourt is going to be a tough long term. Mm -hmm. Thing. And, and a lot of Wizards fans have really locked, like latched in on um, Kentucky guard Rob Dillingham. He's been really dynamic, but uh, that's just he's six feet tall. I don't care what they list him at. That's really where he is height wise. That that would be a that would be a tough thing to pull together for them. I think. Or, or like a Bam style player. Yeah. But like Bam, they he's actually they use him to bring the ball up a lot. Mm -hmm. A Bam, a Jokic, those are bigs that pretty much leads to lead the offense to bring the ball up. But we could find one of those that could really change the dynamic of a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, these are a couple more uh, draft questions, but um, Rich Rio asked if the wizards land the number one pick, you're the GM, who are you taking? I think I would really look at the, the castle kid, to be honest with you, uh, just six foot five, really athletic. I think he can be a point guard long term. He didn't shoot it well to start the year. He's coming around a little bit more here lately. He looks a lot more confident in it. But you put him and Koulibaly in your backcourt. Good luck scoring on those two dudes like longer term. I mean, I, that's uh, that's going to be like a really lockdown backcourt and two guys that could probably be interchangeable, run the offense. You know, both play a little on off ball. Uh, th that's kind of where I'd look. They'll probably give Alex Sar a long look to Jahadi's point. He's you know, a, a switchable big that has some offensive talent could maybe create for you a little bit and run some stuff. So uh, he's probably like the the leader in, in the, the green room right now to go number one, I would think. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, could, with Castle, it'd be good because the Wizards need some defensive presence. Yeah. And, and some defensive presence that can really lead the team. Mm -hmm. So that'd be a good, to me, that, that'd be a good pick. Uh, and then last one, um, Gaboshin uh, asks, looking at the upcoming draft, what player has the highest ceiling? Ooh. Uh, that's, a, that's a roll of the dice. Because you think about the upcoming drafts last year or the year before that, you'll be surprised with the players who you expected to and the players who do. The draft is always a big roll of the dice. You know, guys do, I mean, these teams do, so much evaluating, so much scouting, players' background, how to, how they handle pressure situations, and then you get a guy, and then you mess around and get a guy like Jokic. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? That's the one that beats everybody out and handles all the situations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, you could I could throw any name out there and, and it'd be like throwing craps, like playing craps at the in this casino. You know, it may it may not. You know, these guys, you don't know who's the guy, who's the actual guy going to be. You just hope and you do as much research and background and and everything that you can do to to try to, you know, make that choice the best choice as possible. But it doesn't, nothing guarantees it's going to be a good choice. Yeah, to your point, like if somebody taken 10th this year ends up being the best player in this draft, that wouldn't shock me. You know, if uh, Modest Bazellus from G League Ignite turns into Franz Wagner or something, like I wouldn't have said he was the most talented, but he could end up being the best guy. So I think it'll be a real crapshoot this year. All right, is that it for us, Laura? I think so. Actually, I'm going to ask Jihadi uh, a question myself. Yeah, please. Um, as a Celtics fan, like I mentioned earlier, who was the toughest player, Celtics player to guard? To guard? Uh... Has to be between KG and Paul Pierce. But guys don't remember Antoine Walker was a beast. That's my favorite player, Johnny. Antoine Walker was a beast. Uh. You know. And for me personally, it was a guy I would just get into it all the time, get text with, we'd be in fight, we'd fight and end up going off the court. His name was uh Vitaly Potapinko. Uh, yeah. Remember him? Oh yeah. He's big, yeah, that's a big yeah. boy too. Me yeah. personally, that was tough because that was my position. Mm. Yeah, he was a it would get so bad with him and I. It just it'd be off. I forget that I'm on a basketball court. We just try to kill each other. Wrestling at the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was all. It was it was terrible. The Antoine Walker quote of "Why did you shoot so many threes? And he says, "Because there are no fours Is like my all time favorite thing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Cool, uh, Laura. Great job. Uh, you got a bright future in this. I think we'll be asking you questions here by the end of the season on on this Wizards team. So, um, thank you for running through this with us. Thanks so much, guys. I had a great time. I'm glad you're um, here, Laura. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just one last thing to throw out for everybody. The Wizards announced that they have signed Justin Champagny. Uh, not to be confused with Julian Champagny. That is his brother. Uh, this one played at Pitt. So a 10-day contract. Our last couple 10-day contracts haven't played. So we'll see if they even really kind of involve him at all. But he was playing for the Heat G League team, the Sioux Falls Sky Force uh, this year. And he's averaging 22 points, nine rebounds, three assists, two and a half steals, uh, playing about 38 minutes a game. Like he was super productive. He was a college player that was super productive. So I like them taking a chance on, on this kind of guy. You can never have too many wings at the end of the bench. So it seems like a good, a good audition for them. Yeah, I think right now is the best time for them to do that because now you can you got the room to audition. Yep. You know, might have a guy you can t- be good for us next year. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, if you've got these open roster spots, use them, you know. And I'm glad they're still looking. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, all right, everybody, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please hit the like button, uh, subscribe button, all that kind of stuff. Follow all the social media accounts. Uh, a lot of great content going up there all the time. There'll be clips from this episode. Laura, I already tell you, I, we got to get this Leitner story up here. I think that's one people will laugh at. Um, so, Johnny, that was a great call. Oh, man, you got me telling them. So, all right. Hey, it was just too funny not to. So uh, I think I think he's the kind of guy that would like that kind of story being out there also. Um, All right, everyone, you know, the drill rate review subscribe. We're uh, presented by betonline.ag. And if you're listening to this on the audio form 
uh, of the podcast. I have a little treat for some of the listeners in our little Twitter thread um, from a fan and listener of the show, Joe Swam. So uh, close out with a little music from Joe. All right, everybody. We'll catch you all next time. And presented by betonline.ag to forget that. We clawed, we chained our hearts in pain. We jumped, never asking why. We kissed, I fell under your spell. No one could deny. Don't you ever say, I just walked away. I will always want you. I can't live alone. Came in like a wrecking ball. I never hit so hard in love. All I wanted was to break your walls. All you ever did was wreck me. Yeah, you, you wreck me. Yeah, you, you wreck me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.